Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow, welcome to the Refined Platform this beautiful Thursday evening. I'm so excited you are here again today. Amen. Okay, so how was your test? Um, I believe the tests were good. Okay, you know I trust you. Hallelujah. And um, I know that God is already working in you, working on you, and um, a lot have started happening. Let me ask you before I go into today's teaching, have you been blessed on Refined Platform? Amen. So after today's teaching, I want you to write on the platform how Refined has blessed you. Just let me know if you've been blessed and um, how much you have been blessed. Amen. I want to read your feedback. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your personal testimony. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Wow. So we are, I think, almost at the center, the middle of refined. Remember what God asked from us? Three months. Amen. The whole month is gone. We are in the second month and God is still at work. By the time we are done with this platform, wow, people will look at you and practically ask that, wow, you are transformed. You are a better person. What happened to you? You say, God happened to me. Amen. Okay, everlasting Father, we thank you for today. It's another privilege to come to you and feed at your feet. Lord, we declare, oh God, that your word comes with so much simplicity and clarity and power and impact into our hearts today in the name of Jesus Christ. Everlasting Father, we pray both for the preacher and the hearer that we all are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. I yield to you, Father, and from this moment, it is you through me in the name of Jesus. And for those that are listening, the word of God gains entrance into every heart. Oh, yes, just like a double-edged sword piercing asunder to the dividing of the spirit and the soul, that your word will do what your word alone can do in our midst today. Your word transforming, changing from one level of glory to another, your word refining us. Thank you, Father, for coming to show yourself to us, revealing yourself to us in this meeting. We say be exalted, our God. Right now, we stand as children of the Most High God and we execute kingdom authority even here on earth. And we declare, we seize this atmosphere for Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that in this atmosphere, only godly activities are allowed in the name of Jesus. Is an atmosphere for the impartation of the spirit and the word. There is no demonic activity allowed in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. And that's why we declare every spirit that tries to rise against the ministry of God's word. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no place in our midst. Thank you so much because your glory is here, dear Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, today we are going to be going on. Remember, we are still in the paraministry series, okay? And um, last week we, you know, dealt with or we, we taught and we were on the topic ministry and counseling. How was that message? Were you blessed? Glory to God. I believe you were because I was blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. So today we are looking into ministry and Parenting. Are you excited about that? 
Glory to God. Amen. So this ministry focuses primarily on ministers of God, you know, women who are in ministry. You may be a pastor's wife. You may be a ministry gift. Hallelujah. You are in core ministry. That's what I'm talking about. I'm parenting. Now, that is not to say that other women cannot gain you know, from this meeting, because we are going to be considering godly parenting, you know, um, in its entirety. Amen. Now, let's begin with this. Do you know that God is a transgenerational God? Now, one of the things you need to know about God that is so key, so important, is that God is a transgenerational God. Now, if you understand this dimension of God, it will help you to understand how things about parenting are so key to God. Because if you don't get this dimension of God, you may feel that parenting is just, you know, a general thing, it's just there. No, 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 no. Parenting is something God is very deliberate about. And I will show you from his scriptures. Amen. How many of us remember Abraham? Do you know one of the reasons God loved Abraham so much was the fact that Abraham understood God's transgenerational dimension to life. And as a believer, you must understand it. Amen. And that's where you know that, you see, ministry for you, it's not just doing church, preaching to people, getting people saved, you know, working the wonders and the miracles, um, showing Jesus to people. Hallelujah. Doing church, I mean, doing ministry, is, it includes parenting your children. Amen. And you see, it's a thing of concern that many ministers fail in the place of parenting. You will not fail in Jesus' name. We must be awakened to this. Hallelujah. I'll tell you some stories, some very amazing, some were shocking stories that I've come across in this period of ministry. Amen. And I want to encourage you today to be a good parent, to pay attention to parenting. Because if you're not paying attention to parenting, there is a part of God that you are possibly hurting. God is a transgenerational God. In the book of Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19, Bible says God was speaking of Abraham. This is God's testimony of Abraham, the father of faith. He said, for I know him. <laughs> he said, for I know him. You know, when God begins to brag over his children, this is God speaking of Abraham. He said, I know him. Yoruba will say, Momose, I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken unto him said, I know him. Can God take the same vow of you today? Hallelujah. And this message is not to bring you to condemnation, be it far from me. Because we've not been called into the ministry of condemnation. That's demonic. We've been called into the ministry of reconciliation. And that's where I want to help you to make it right today. I see parenting, especially if you are a minister and you understand the transgenerational, you know, um, part of God, that generational, 
um, dimension of God, you understand it so much. I see that a minister must understand that part of his ministry is parenting. Glory to God. God is very interested in how you raise your children. You know why? In another 50, 60, 70, 80 years, we will not be here if Christ tarries. They are the ones that will be here. Amen. God does not want to raise you. I've invested so much in you. And then he loses his, your, your generation after. Say not me. Amen. Once you have been won, God wants the winning of one to be the winning of a generation. You see that? Because he is a transgenerational God. And I tell you, it is easy for God to, you know, depend on Christians that exist right now to raise a righteous generation for him. Glory to God. Such that at the next generation, they are the ones beckoning on others. Others that might have gone into corrupt things, but they can be reconciled unto God. Your children and how you raise them. Is very key to God. Let me show you a scripture in the book of Malachi chapter 2. And I start the reading from verse 14 all the way to 16. Bible says, yet you say, wherefore? <laughs> because the Lord had been witness between thee and the wife of your youth. Against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she your companion. She is your companion and the wife of your covenant. We are not going there today, but I need to read from the next verse. And did not he make one? He says he has made the man the husband, the woman the wife, one. Yet had he the residue of the spirit. And wherefore one? Why did God make them one? He says that he may seek. Anytime you see the word seek, understand that is a word that describes desire in the heart of God. When seek is used for God. You remember a similar way seek was used in the book of John chapter 4 and around verse 24 he says, God seeketh such to worship him. You know how the heart of the father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. It's the same way the heart of the father is seeking for a godly seed from your marriage union. Glory to God. And that is very important. That is too key. The Holy Spirit called my attention to something. Have you ever considered the qualifications of being a bishop? Have you ever looked into the qualifications of even being an elder in church? For you to know how key these things are to the heart of the Father. Now, quickly, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 4 to 5. Describing the qualifications of the bishop, I'm not starting from the beginning, I'm just picking out this verse. He says, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. What's the subjection there? In other words, his children are godly. Amen. His children are not wayward. First Timothy, I mean Titus chapter 1 and verse 6 to 7. 
Titus chapter 1 and verse 6 to 7. He says, if any be blameless, this is an elder. The husband of one wife, having faithful children, having faithful children, parenting is how you raise the children faithful. Having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. Amen. Now listen. I want us to start from here that there is an understanding that is very foundational for every parent. It's an understanding the Lord gave me before I got married and it has helped me. And what's this understanding? The Lord told me that the children that I will give you are my heritage. They belong to me. Very scriptural. Psalm 127 and verse 3 says, Lo, in other words, it's calling your attention. When Bible uses the words like behold, uses the word lo, it's calling your attention. It says, hey, look at it. Children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now, I love the Yoruba version of that place. Pardon me if you don't understand Yoruba, but it says the same thing. It says, Omoni ni oluwa. You know, there is a way that culture have raised many people to believe that children belong to you. Amen. They are not yours. You cannot form a life. So your children belong to God. My children belong to God. And if that can sit within you, it's going to help you in parenting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that is how you can begin to see that these children belong to God, but God sent them to this world through me to their generation. I'm going to say that again. God sent these children into this world through me to their generation. Now your children are not sent to you. Glory to God. Their destiny is not to you. Just like there are many of you now fulfilling destiny big and you are not in your father's house. You are not in the arena of your father's house. You are being sent to your generation. I'm sent to my generation. It doesn't mean I don't love my father. It doesn't mean I don't love my mother. It doesn't mean I'm not in touch with them. It doesn't mean family life is not continuing. But the truth is this. I am not here to be all about my parents. Little wonder Jesus said, those who believe on the father, they are my father, they are my sister, they are my brother. He was trying to say that, see, I appreciate my biological parents, but the truth is this, I am sent to my generation. So it tells you that that child that God has sent into this world through you has a destiny to fulfill. And this destiny is not from you, is from God. Amen. I hope you're getting this. And so God has given us prescriptions to raising his divine heritage, his own heritage. He has prescriptions for parenting. Because you see, there are very many ideas of parenting in this world. It's not in the scope of what I'm teaching today, but I've taught it in some previous messages on parenting. By God's grace, as the Lord lives and his spirit lives, I will yet teach it. Amen. There are many 
many, many, many mindsets on parenting that needs to be knocked down, especially when we are considering godly parenting. Some parents believe that my children are mine and it is what I want them to do that they would do. It's a mindset. In our head, some parents still believe. I want this child to be a doctor. That's what I want. Daddy, I don't like my mother. No, shut up! It's what I want you to do that you will do. Now, caller, come here. Um, you know my, my friend, Daddy Jeshin, has a beautiful daughter. And you are going to marry her. Amen. Ah, but daddy, ah, is it Lola? I know her. I'm not trying to shut up. What do you know? She's the one you must marry. Now, you see, let me say this. I'm not saying that parents cannot, you know, recommend people for their daughters. Only if God has said it to you. I'll give you an instance. My younger brother, I'm 10 years older than him, you know, her last born. He came to me. He was a single then. He's married now. And you know, he began to share with me. Um, he has taken me as a mother because I practically raised him. I was 10 when he was born. So, I mean, I, I, I took care of him. So, he, he sees me as his mother. So, he said to me, he said, I, I want to talk to you. I said, what about? He said, um, there is this young lady that I met. I really love her. I do this. And that. I said, okay, you know. Um, by God's grace, myself and my husband led him to Christ. So we said, I, I said to him, I said, have you prayed about this young lady? He said, uh, he's trying to pray, though he's not hearing anything. I said, okay, um, I will join you in praying. Let's pray about her. I don't have a plan for you. All I want is God's will to be done in your life. So I, I wanted to pray. I'd not gone on my knees. The Lord said to me, that's not his wife. And in a quick revelation, the Lord told me, this is his wife. And I know the young lady. I said, whoa, Lord, how will these things be? And the Lord says that, just watch and see what I will do. Now, God revealed it to me. I did not try to influence it. I did nothing. So he came back to me about this young girl. I said, well, I prayed. The Lord said, it's not your wife. I think you should keep walking on and believe God to lead you. And he said, oh, you don't understand. I'm in love. You know. I said, okay, it's fine. Go and propose if you think you love her. I said, the God speak to you. He said, no, but he really loves her. I'm not going to stop you. So that you won't say I'm the one that married for you. So he said he was going to propose. I said, go ahead. I went on my knees. I said, Lord, Lord, this one must not miss it. <laughs> Lord, keep him. And glory to God. Thank God for the young lady who was designing. The young lady said, I like you too so much, but you are not just my husband. I said, no. But where I'm going is that, you know the lady the Lord revealed to me is a lady she is married to today. Glory to God. If I remember the day he came, he said, ha, mommy, he's been having a knowing of a particular lady. Oh, she's not, he's not really close to her. The person you know, and described and described this lady and told me the name of this lady. I said, ah, I didn't even do as if I had any foreknowledge. I said, oh, okay. And why not start praying about it? So why not, you know, try to be a friend, at least know her. You can't marry a stranger. And I just encouraged you. And, you know, the lady even knew before she came. 
Amen. So I'm not ruling out the place of parents perceiving, you understand what I mean, would the um, spouse of the, of the child is, of the son is, of the daughter is, but you don't even enforce it on them. Your assignment is to raise them to know the Lord. Raise them to be able to hear God for themselves. It's the same God that is speaking to you that can speak to them. I'd rather go on my knees and pray and say, Lord, reveal it to him. Glory to God. Amen and amen. So I was telling you that God has godly prescriptions for raising his heritage. Number one, Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I sat down with this scripture many years ago. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Ah. I said, Lord, how do I know the way the child should go? Amen. And that place simply means two things. Number one, as a Christian, we know that the way our children should go should be in the way of the Lord. True or false? So that already tells us, raise up this child in the way of the Lord. But much more, raise up this child in the way that he should go. Specific. Every child will not go the same way when it comes to details of destiny. And that helped me to start seeing parenting differently. That it is not just, you know, giving a child rice, um, um, food, chocolate, and um, skittles, and what have you, every day, you know, helping the child know that you love is much more than that. You have to be specific. You have to be a mother, at least who can, who can, who can pre, how do I put it now? Who can know some details about a son or about a daughter? Details about where God is taking him to or taking her to. You might not know everything, but you must know some inclinations. Glory to God. Ah, God is going to raise this guy a financial beacon in his kingdom. I was listening to something some moments ago, an interview by um, Bishop T.D. Jakes and, you know, this great woman of God, um, Mrs. Alakija, the richest black woman in the world. I was so, so impressed. I love the way she's so dependent on God. All the way she God, God said to me, you know, I followed God. Nobody gets to that kind of place without following God, a Christian. Hallelujah. You must be able to hear God concerning your children. You must at least know their inclinations in destiny. And why, you know, um, the, 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 the black woman, the richest black woman, Ms. Alakija was speaking. Oh, you know, she kept, she, she, she kept saying something about how she knows that her wealth is for a purpose. You can have a child and you just discern this child. <laughs> God is going to raise this child wealthy. Not just to buy a car for me and my husband. That's going to be little between the, I mean, you can imagine um, Mrs. Alakija's mother or father. I mean, that's not the issue. It's for a purpose. The father and mother will be fine. She will buy them a boy. It's for a purpose. And that kind of child, you know that this child must not be covetous. This child must not be greedy. And you as a parent, you are seeing to it that you are helping that child 
you know, to go in the way it should go. Another child, you discover this one will be doing ministry. You, you see, it's just an inclination. You just know. There is a way every child ought to go. When I teach on parents, that individual child, I get into details with that. But that's not where I'm going today. Because parenting, which was one of the mistakes that our own parents and parents' parents made, is that they parents congregationally. Amen. As a mother, you are in ministry. You must be able, as a father in ministry, you must be able to parent each child individually. Why? Because there is a specific way that each one should go. Amen. Number two, another thing I saw about God's godly prescription when it comes to raising a child, which I think that our generation will have to be awakened to, is the fact that God gives the primary responsibility of training a child to the father. You can't see anywhere God is talking about training a child, raising a child, and um, God... Or scriptures use mothers. Amen. But another thing I saw in scriptures is this. There's this scripture in Proverbs. It says, a good child, oh, a good child is the, um, what's that scripture? Something of the father. But a bad one is like rottenness in the mother's bone. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. It tells you something quite expressly. If you read the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, he says, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but rather bring them up. <laughs> Bible says, fathers, do what? Bring them up. <laughs> Bible says, fathers, train them. Bible says, fathers, raise them. He says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Unfortunately, a lot of fathers are abandoning the work of bringing up the children just to the mother. Amen. And this has cost us losing a whole generation when men are missing in action in parenting. It's equal to almost losing a generation. It takes God to redeem the generation. Hallelujah. Because the work is primarily given to the fathers. But the mothers, are you to say it's given to the fathers? No. You are to be there. As the helper you were ordained to be, you remember? Genesis chapter 2. You start the reading from verse 15 downwards up to 25. It just shows clearly that God brought you up as an helper. You take your place as an helper. A support in parenting. Hallelujah. And you ensure that no stone is left unturned. Glory to God. You take your place. You are the helper of your husband. You know why? You have to particularly pay attention to this. Because <laughs> if the child goes the sore way, is the rottenness in the bone of the mother. You have to watch out for details of scriptures. Amen. Please do we get that. So our children are, they belong to God. 
and they were sent by God through us to their generation. And we must raise them for life and destiny. We must raise them for their generation. We must raise them to fulfill God's plan for them. Amen. Now I want to go to something that is so key and um, something that is so foundational. Do you know what I have discovered from the study of God's word? Amen. That there are three things foundationally um, that if a mother or father, in this case, because I'm talking to women, I have the tendency to use more of mother, mother. But of course, I've clarified that. The assignment of bringing up a child it belongs primarily to the father, but the woman must be there to help, to assist. And sometimes help may be a greater assignment, just like our helper does a greater assignment, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. All right, now, I discover that there are three foundational things that if you can put in a child early in life, ah, your work in parenting will be very, very, very smooth. Three foundational things. Glory to God. Now, um, the Lord said this to me some years ago. When I just had my children and I, I was waiting on God, Lord, show me how to do this. I've not been a parent before. I rely on you. I depend on you. Now, he said to me, primarily, if you can do this, there are different ways to do it, but this is the idea. There are three foundational things. Number one, if you can put the fear of God in the heart of a child early in life. What did I call it? The fear of God. Number two, if you can make your child fall in love with God, not just by mouth, the child loves God. <laughs> If you can put this into the heart of a child early enough, you're doing a good job. And thirdly, helping the child understand honor, especially honor for authority, honor for his father, honor for his mother, honor for spiritual authority. If you can put this in a child early, honor for authority generally. And the world is fast losing out on this. But God says it's still an important prescription for life. Amen. Can you imagine that one of the things that would not make a child live long in this world is dishonor for father and mother? Huh? Bible says so. Even in the New Testament. Glory to God. So it tells you, you see, this thing of parenting, we need to take a second look at it. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? When I say put the fear of the Lord, what does it mean, you know, for a child to have the fear of the Lord? You know, I will just, I will just um, read you some scriptures. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. Proverbs 8 and verse 13. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. That's God speaking. 
So it says the fear of the Lord, in other words, ate evil, ate what God ate. It says that's the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And um, let's look at um, some few more scriptures. Still in the book of Proverbs. I love this book of Proverbs in teaching the fear of the Lord. Amen. Still in the book of Proverbs. Um, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse, verse 6. Proverbs 16 and verse 6 quickly. It says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And I was asking the Lord why he was showing me scriptures on the fear of the Lord. The Lord said to me, he said, a child that will learn the fear of God early in life is a child that is ready to go the godly way. Amen. So what then is the fear of the Lord? Please look at this definition the Lord gave me. The fear of the Lord is the knowledge of God in the acts of a man. The awareness of God in the act of a man, all right, that causes him to desist from evil. You see that? It is the knowledge of God in the act of a man that keeps a man in the zone of righteousness. I'll take it another way. He says it's the knowledge of God in the art of a man that makes a man, you know, walk in the zone that God loves and to desist from what God does not like. Is that knowledge? Glory to God. Now, let me give you an example. You remember this young man, Joseph, in scriptures. Joseph was sold by his parents, I mean by his brothers, pardon me, not his parents. Joseph was sold by his brothers into the land of slavery or into the realm of slavery. And he became a slave in Egypt. He was working with Potiphar. That was bad enough. He could have, you know, been in the thoughts of being sold into slavery by his, by his brothers and become resentful, become, you know, revengeful, become a hater of God and say, what was God looking at? When my brother sold me into slavery, the way many people ask God what he is looking at when things happen to them. But right in the house of Potiphar, that was like a house of encouragement for him, where Potiphar made him the HOD of you know, home affairs. The wife of Potiphar wanted, you know, Joseph to have an affair with her. And Bible so if you've not read Bible commentaries about that, Potiphar's wife was beautiful. She was a beauty to behold. Now listen, if you read that scripture very well, you will come to understand that it was not just for one day that this woman was asking him to sleep with her. Somewhere, Joseph liked this woman. Because you see, you must understand this. Joseph liked this woman naturally because she was a beauty to behold. And you know how beauty can be comely? Beauty can be attractive. If not, it would not have been a temptation to him. You see that? It was a temptation because he liked her. 
Bible says in Genesis 39 and verse 7, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. Next. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. And he had committed all that he had to my hand. And there is none greater in this house than high. Neither had he kept back anything from, you, from me but you. Because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Read that again. What kept him from messing up with this young woman was what? The fear of God. Your child that has the fear of God, even when you are not there, will stand for God. Amen. The fear of God is the strength within a man to choose righteousness and to shun evil. Glory to God. And you know, it's amazing that the fear of the Lord can be taught. Bible says in Psalm 34 and verse 11, quickly, let's go there. Psalm 34 and verse 11, it says, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you what? The fear of the Lord. We must become very versatile, very proficient at teaching the fear of the Lord by the help of the Holy Spirit. You see that? Now for time, let me move. I'm not dealing with those three things today. But if you get other messages, you see how to teach your children the fear of God. And of course, one of the things that is key there is that you must have the fear of God yourself. Parents who do not have the fear of God cannot teach a child the fear of God. Glory to God. Number two. Oh, before I leave the fear of God, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just brought something to my heart. The fear of God can also be imparted. <laughs> you see, there is such a thing as the spirit of the fear of God. Amen. If you look at the book of um, Isaiah chapter 11, and we start the reading from verse 2, Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. This is one prayer every parent should pray for their children. Lord, fill my children with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Fill them, Lord. Let the fear of the Lord be in their hearts. It's so key in life. Amen. And if you look at the next verse there, verse 3, let's see. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. You see that? All these dimensions will make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And it is when he is of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord that he will begin to judge. Not after the surprise. Not after the reproof. He will not reprove after the hearing of his ears. Hallelujah. And verse 4, glory to God. Verse 4, amen and amen. But with righteousness, 
he will begin to judge. He will begin to judge matters. He will begin to judge things. A friend will say, no, come and follow me. There's someone that sells something. We will just sniff it. We'll be okay. He, be, he has a judge, another kind of judgment. It's not the luring of the friend. The things, the good things the friend is telling him. That if you take this thing I want you to take, you'll be high. you feel good. He can judge by righteousness. The fear of God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Secondly, the love of God. Beloved, let your children fall in love with God. It's amazing that many ministers make their children hate God, even from when they are children. And we need to watch it. Let your children do what? Fall in love with God. They must fall in love with God. They should fall in love with God. They should love the God of their father and mother. They should not hate the God of their father and mother. Hallelujah. And how do you do that? Represent the love of the father to them. Amen. You know, let me give you this story, very funny story. Um, it's a little bit related to what I'm saying. You know, when I was young, um, as a young girl, I'm the only girl in my family, you see, I'm the holy girl. My daddy would proudly say my holy daughter. And it was a cap I wore with, with joy. Amen. And I remember when my mom was pregnant for her last born, that I said I was 10 years older than, I was practically just praying. I must not be a girl, you know, when you've worn a cap for many years, and there's a pregnancy that is threatening your cap, you know, I was practically, I must not be a girl. I wanted to wear that cap. But where am I going? You see, when I got born again and I knew that God was my father, and Bible starts describing the love of a father. He says, if you that are ethnic can give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? I understood it. I understood by experience what the love of a father is. There are many young ladies today that are love-hungry. Why? Because their father's love was absent. I wonder, you know, I didn't have a boyfriend until the Lord raptured me in salvation. Glory to God. I didn't have a boyfriend. What was my reason? My reason was that, what does the boy want to give me that my father has not given? He lavished love on me. Amen. I understand when you say the love of a father by experience. Glory to God. Your child must know the love of a father, the love of a mother. That listen, we have the assignment to discipline our children does not mean that they should not know that we love them. We should not become the torture of our house. Hey, when mommy is coming, everywhere is shaking. No, love. The most powerful force on earth is the force of love. Glory to God. Your children must know that you love them. Even if you are going to be a disciplinarian, be it through the pathway of love. Hallelujah. Do you know that in love there is discipline? This is not my teaching today. Some of you are taking me to... Um, <laughs> another um, direction. I don't know if it is your faith or something. It is the child that God loves that he chastises. Amen. 
God so loves us, he loves us so much. But you see, if you work with God, you know God disciplines his children. Amen. You see the scripture both in the Old Testament and the New. Let's look at that in Hebrews chapter 12. And we start the reading from, let's start from verse 4. Glory to God. He says, you have not yet resisted um, unto blood, striving against sin. That's not where we're going. Now, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children? Amen. My son, despise not thou the chastisening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So he tells you that the Lord God Almighty loves us so much, but that does not mean that he does not chastise us. That does not mean that he does not rebuke us. Glory to God. So you see, you must be proficient in how that you love your children so much that even if you have to discipline them, they know that the discipline is coming out of love. Amen. I remember then, you know, I can count the few times my dad beat me. He beat me. He doesn't spare. He doesn't take nonsense. Yet he loves me. And when he beats me, you know, I understand that it is the love he has for me that is making him to beat me. Glory to God. But there was another person in my life that used to beat me, but I did not interpret her beating that way. Glory to God. I felt she didn't like me. It was years after I began to appreciate the chastising, the discipline. It tells you she was doing the right thing, but she didn't use the right channel. Your children must know you love them. One of the weaknesses in parenting is that if a child feels unloved and believes that there are people out there that love them more than you love them, you are in trouble. Those people will influence them more than you. If your child would yet believe that my daddy does not understand me, and that's where I tell parents, please listen to your children, not for them to control you, but for them to know that they have had, they have had the fear hearing from their parents. There are some parents that want something happen, you don't listen, you just be, yes, spare, don't spare the rod, beat your children if you have to. But don't, don't, don't break your children. Don't hurt them. Any beating that will leave a scar is wickedness. I'm not talking about that today. Spank your children. I better use that word. Spank them if they need to be spanked. Babu supports discipline. Glory to God. So what am I saying? I'm saying that mommy loves me and I know it. Daddy loves me and I know it. That must be what is in the heart of your children. Your children must never be found doubting your love. How would they understand the love of God? Amen. But I don't know why the Holy Spirit took me that dimension. But this is the point. If you can get your children to fall in love with God early in life, amen, then it's going to be a mighty thing. Someone say amen to that. And lastly, before I go into something else, your children must know that men, some men are to be honored. Some women are to be honored. 
They must understand the language of honor. A lot of cultures are in trouble today because they have erased honor from the dictionary of their nation. And unfortunately, there are some cultures that embrace honor, of course, some too to a fault. I mean, you can't embrace honor to a fault in that sense, but they have introduced some extra things there that redefines it all, okay? But now they are losing out on it to accept those other cultures. Study your Bible. Honor is a godly principle. There are people to be honored. You can't look at your father and say, Daddy, shut up, even if he's, he's vomiting fully. Honor puts him in a class. Amen. All you can do, it's so, it's so strong that even for a pastor, Paul, by the Spirit of God, was speaking to Timothy. And he said to him, he said, you cannot rebuke an elder. Don't rebuke an elder. There is honor. The owner has done something. I mean, the elders, elders done something wrong. You don't rebuke him. You entreat him. We must go back to Bible sense, Bible wisdom, Bible perception. Don't have a child that honors nobody in the house. Your children must understand the language of honor. Amen. Glory to God. Now, let me leave that. And um, quickly go to some other things. Are you getting blessed? We are talking about ministry. I mean, ministry and parenting. You know, it touches my heart to know that a number of men of God failed God in parenting. Have you ever taken a search through scriptures and studied parenting? And every time it happened... It hurt God's heart. It touched God's heart in a negative way. He didn't like it. And that's why I want to beckon on our generation. Men of God, women of God, let's pay attention to parenting our own children. It's part of our ministry. It's part of making proof of our ministry. A number of men of God are busy out there building other people, putting into other people. They have no time for their own biological children. There are some biological children today that hate God because of the way that their mommy raised them, abandoning them. The responsibility to father and to mother your children is yours primarily. God gave you. Amen. I read so many scriptures I don't want to, you know, come down on this because there's somewhere I'm going. Now, quickly, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. Eli's son did not know God. Now the sons of Eli, Eli the prophet, were sons of Belial. Ah! It sounds like Ichabod. The sons of Eli, the prophet. The prophet who showed Samuel the way of God. His own sons, born of his loins, from his loins, his seed. They did not know God. Oh, Lord have mercy. If you could jump down to verse 22 of that same scripture. Bible says now Eli was very old. And you know, the pain of not parenting your children well 
is a pain of old age. You know, when Yoruba says, Glory to God. It seems like today's failure is tomorrow's tears. And the failures may not be too evident today. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Say, not me. I pay attention to parenting. Now, Heli was very old and heard that all his sons, all, heard all that his sons did unto all Israel. What did they do? How they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Ah! Classified sexual sin. It's not even, you know, a sexual sin of having girlfriend and all that. It's so much that they lack the fear of God. The door of the tabernacle. That is where they want to mess up. <sighs> ah, beloved. You have to make up your mind as a minister. And yield to the spirit. Submit to him. Say, help me, Holy Spirit. You must parent your children. It's your responsibility. I see a lot of young ladies today that are interested in ministry. I had to call one some time ago. I said, pay attention to your children. You're not giving them attention. Should we go in the morning, abandon the children with somebody, come back at night? I said, no way. A lot of that is going on in Lagos. There might be a need for some redefinitions. Some women may begin to think as entrepreneurs. Some women may begin to think about starting their own business. Because attention must be given to the children. It's too key. The failure of parenting today is the failure of the next generation. It's a passion in my heart. Let's rise and call our church members. Let's speak to ourselves, men and women alike. It is time to pay attention to those children. We owe it to God. Under God. We owe it to him. We will not fail God in the name of Jesus. And the times are so sensitive. The times are so different. Don't you see? Look around. The times have changed from when we were young. When we were young, even if your children are missing in action, there is a way the society compels you to godliness. Right now, the society compels to unrighteousness. The society is compelling unto ungodliness. There are only two places that seems to reserve sanity. Believers and their homes. And that's why we can't fail them. Then the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much insanity in the system. In our days, you can sit down and freely watch television with your parents. Now, I don't let my children watch TV with me, except I want to watch their program. Why? Because in the middle of it, an advert can pop up with a lady whose breasts are out. Unexpectedly, two naked people can grab themselves and they will say it's just film. There was a time when we were young, even if you're watching a film with your dad and they want to show a sexual scene. They will just show that they will help themselves and show maybe tantan, you know. You just be wondering what happened as a child. Your parents already understood. Now they will show it life. Broad daylight. What are we doing? 
It's bad enough that the whole systems have, cor- have been corrupted. Of course, we know the devil is the god of this world. What is happening in your home? Is the devil the god of your home? Amen. And you see, I'm seeing a lot of um, complacency amongst believers. The way we handle some things. You can imagine a child, you know, saying that uh, my mom and the Muslim that stays around us, they are friends. They, they, they interchange in taking us to school and coming back. Is it wrong for me to have a Muslim friend? It's an issue. It's an issue. Now, I believe we have a best friend that is a Muslim. I'm concerned. Then what, what do you want these children? Because you see, Christianity is not just what you are saying to these children. It's what they are saying. We are not saying they should hate Muslims, no. But the love we have for Muslims is to pray them to salvation. Hallelujah. The love we have for them is to believe that their eyes will open. And they will know the truth. And the truth will set them free. Glory to God. It's a whole big deal. Can you remember Aaron? The priest? Sometimes I look at Aaron and I say, what did he do to qualify to be the priest? Not just him. All his, his um, tribe, the tribe of Levi. And God chose Aaron as the chief priest. Have you read about what happened to Aaron's children? Have you read about how they died? Let me give you that as an example. I mean, as assignment. Amen. And you go again. You study the children. This one is particularly painful. The children of Samuel. The children of Samuel. The man who handed over to Samuel didn't do it well with his children. I thought that should have caught Samuel's attention to pay attention to that. So that tells you that you see failures around you does not necessarily mean that it will be corrected on you, except you are deliberate about it. And that's my concern. A number of pastors have failed in parenting. And I'm asking you, what are you putting in place to see that you don't fail God in parenting. I'm asking myself, what am I putting in place to see that I don't fail God in parenting? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you keep hearing scriptures like your seed after you, you know, living an inheritance for children's children. God is such a transgenerational God. Quickly, let's see Isaiah 59 and verse 21. I love this scripture. Isaiah 59 and verse 21. He says, as for me, this is my covenant with them. See it, the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed. This God's desire. Nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed. See the Lord from henceforth and forever. He is a transgenerational God. Amen. So what then is parenting? Hallelujah. Now there are general ideas of parenting everywhere in the world. Amen. For some, the idea of parenting is just have children. Somehow they will grow and survive. Yeah, that's the idea of some. I mean, I remember there is, used to be this adage or proverb in Yoruba land, um, like, is, I, I, I can't, I'm sorry. 
um, I can't really say. But what it says is that it's one person that gives birth to a child. It's the society that will raise the child. Have you tried that today? Some have the belief that parenting is, the idea of parenting is just to have children to increase the population of the land. Amen. You know, I don't want to talk about this, except I talk about it and don't mention places. There's a place in Nigeria where they called all the women together and they said, women, you need to start having children. Our population is going extinct. Glory to God. There was no plan to raise the children. No. The plan was to be multiplying children. So if you have more than eight children, you'll be celebrated. Competition now started. Yep. Born this year. Next year. Mom. How many people have more than eight children? Then they will kill cow for them or something. And they will be celebrating them. What about raising these children? Hallelujah. So some just believe that it's time to increase population. Let's start having children. Some say that they want to have children. Their belief is let's have children to prove a point. And this, those who have this mindset are people that they, they, the things they wanted to achieve that they did not achieve, they want to achieve it through their children. That's their mindset. That's why they're having children. Amen. He says, my wife, Biokuni Fumi. He has a plan for that child that, one, that is about to be born. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, you see many ideas about children. Some have children so that they can help in their business or help in their work. There are different ideas of parenting. Some say they own their children. Some say their children must fulfill their home plan in his life. Some says, I have given birth to this child. I have tried. Let the child fend for himself. So at the age of five, they say, oh yeah, go and beg. Somebody will help you. Some say, I must leave responsibilities for my firstborn to inherit. So he marries the second wife and the third wife. Those who start having small, small children say, hey, you know, they are your, your brothers and your sisters. Take care of them. A lot of ideas about parenting out there. But what is the biblical idea of parenting. I've tried to go through that in the beginning, but I will just say some things about it. So the idea of parenting, biblically, is the idea that I shared initially. The children belong to God, all right? They are sent to their generation through us. So we are like caretakers. God has employed us as caretakers to take care of these children, to raise them for him. Now, there's something about godly parenting. Godly parenting is, must be a deliberate thing. The husband and the wife must make up their minds that they are going to raise what God seeketh. He seeketh godly seed. Amen. So, it's deliberate. It starts with being deliberate. It's not automatic. That you are Christians and you have children does not mean that you will raise them godly children. But by being deliberate about it. Hallelujah. Number two, it takes godly parents to raise godly children. Ungodly parents cannot raise godly children. And you know, you cannot give what you don't have. Amen. When it comes to godly parenting, you must understand that children learn more 
by what they see, the example you are putting before them, hallelujah, all right, than what you are saying. Be godly examples. Very, very important. Be godly examples. Hallelujah. All right. Let me quickly jump into something very key. And it's the dynamics of parenting. Dynamics of parenting. Now, when it comes to this dynamics of parenting, there is a lot to say about that that I might not be able to cover in the remaining time. But let's look at the stages we have in parenting. There are basically three stages in parenting. Now, when you are training a child, when you have a child, the child will primarily go through three stages of your parenting. Number one is the stage that I call the stage of total dependency. The stage of total dependency. Number two is the stage of transitioning. The stage of transitioning. Glory to God. And number three is the stage of independence. This is very, very important. The stage of independence. Amen. Now, let's go back to the first stage and let me try to describe it. The first stage, the stage of total dependence, okay, has two faces. All right? Two faces. It's the early phase and um, the later phase. I don't want to call it late phase. <laughs> okay? The early phase and the later phase. A phase later on. Now, in the early phase, what this stage is about is that you have the total care of the child. The child, I mean, the stage is the stage of total dependency. So, the child is depending on you totally. You must give the child tender care. And this is the, style, the, the, the stage where you can begin to make your impressions of love. The parents, secondly, apart from having the total care of the child, all right, will do the thinking for the children. So the child will depend on the proactivity of, the, of, of his parents. And that's where parenting is different from one home to another. Okay? You are going to do thinking for the children. Number three is a stage where the child bonds with the parents. So availability is key. Unfortunately, at this stage these days, many parents are not available. Availability, very key. The child must see daddy, must see mommy, you know, gulali. Hallelujah. Number four, this is the stage that the child develops strengths of emotions. So it's a stage to play a lot with your child, to laugh a lot with your child. Glory to God. Then at this stage, you must be praying for the child. Even though the child cannot pray himself, you are the prayer of this child. In that, in other, in that sense, you are the one to pray for this child. This is the stage also to make the impression of goodness. So that when you say God is good, the child has a picture of what goodness is. Show God to them as a good God. 
Now, this is also a stage to start showing God to your children. Never forget that. Of course, I understand that parenting, and I talk about it on that parenting, that individual child, also has to do with children's personality. But that will be a message for another day. How to handle the different personality traits in our children. I may not be able to take that this year, but we'll look at that topic for refined next year. Hallelujah. Parenting that child, that individual child with the different personality traits. The kind of parenting, and that's why I said our parents, they just did general parenting. So it will work for some of their children. It won't work for some. The kind of parenting that you give a child that is choleric may not be the same. You want to give a child that is a flag. Amen. You see that? So let's look at the later stage. At the later stage, this is where training must begin. Training should begin. Secondly, a little discipline. Little discipline. Not so much. Thirdly, reward apportionment. You should begin to give reward. When the child, because this is the stage where the child, basically this stage, must be able to know the difference between right and wrong. That's what this stage is about. Amen. Someone is almost asking, so at what age is this? It's not age-based. It's maturity-based. The children these days are so matured. And I, I believe it's the exposure to cartoons, to, you know, and what have you. So I'll just help you see the traits you see in your child that you know that I need to shift to the later part of, you know, the stage of dependence. Glory to God. All right. Number four is the stage to start instructing the child and guiding the child. Number five is the stage to start praying with the child. The stage to pray with the child. Now you see that that tense has that, 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 that preposition has changed. Not just praying for the child, you start praying with the child. Number five is the stage to expose the child, but don't overexpose the child. Exposure begins. Amen. But don't over, a number of parents overexpose their children. And when I'm talking about exposure here, I'm talking about, you know, don't just cop them in the house. Let them go out with you. You know, let them see other human beings. I know a child that had not seen people, you know, aside from his immediate family, until the age of two. I said, what are you doing? Amen. Let the, take the child out, um, you know, let the child sit down, lay um, the table clothes on the child. Let the child start saying, okay, these are things, a little exposure. Take the child to a playground, but don't overexpose the child. It's not yet the child, the time to, let me leave that. <laughs> I'll go back to that. All right, this is the stage to answer their questions. And I tell you, you need the wisdom of God. I will not forget one of my children at the age of, um, was it three or four? Thereabouts or five. It wasn't up to five, so three or four. Then um, he was watching a cartoon on Joseph. He was still on Joseph. And all of a sudden, he came to me. He said, Mommy, please, I want you to tell me what actually the Potiphar's wife tell Joseph to do. 
I've watched three cartoons and that is the place where they are saying different things. Eh? I just, I was just like, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, where are you? Help me, help me, help me, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I was praying under my bread, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, tell him that Potiphar's wife said, Joseph should marry her. Ah! I said, Mimi, mom, you are the best. Glory to God. I said, ah, hmm, my son, if you know what Potiphar's wife asked Joseph to do, it was very bad. He said, eh? I said, yes. It was even something that people should not hear about. He said, mommy, what is it? I said, can you imagine that Potiphar's wife told Joseph to come and marry her? He said, uh-uh, what kind of nonsense is that? But she has her husband now. I said, yes, she has her husband. He said, nonsense. And he went. And that satisfied him. For that age. Until he grew up better and we could give him a clearer version. You see that? You must be ready to answer their questions. And you see all this question answering of not, um, how do I put it? Not satisfying their quest is dangerous. And that's where you need to rely on the help of the Holy Spirit. He is the timely help. He will give you what to say just at that point. I have found him to be that to me. Highly dependable. Oh, sweet spirit of God. Hallelujah. It's also this, the, the, the time where you begin to seek to understand the personalities of your children by spending time with them. By this phase of life, you must know your child's personality. Of course, personalities form and sometimes personalities change. Sometimes personalities become, um, you know, you understand where, when we did personality study, someone may be primarily a melancholy, but be a male flag. You understand what I mean? So the flag may not show. It's still the dominant personality that may show early. Then as the child grows, you start seeing other traits, okay? Very important. Is a child, is also a time to encourage and counsel them, never talk them down. A lot of parents have a tendency at this stage to talk down their children. Don't do it. Especially if you have a child that is very inquisitive. And then shut up. Don't ask that question. Ah, no. Don't talk them down. Don't shut them up. Amen. Train them. I remember there was a time I was with a guest and one of my children, very young then, at about maybe like three, four, came and said, hey, mommy, I said, come. I said, excuse me to the guest. I said, come, what do you want? And he said it. And I said, I let him say it. I said, you know what? When mommy is with a guest, okay, you don't come to interrupt. It's called interruption. Now, what we were talking about now, you have made us lose it. Say, oh, mommy, I'm sorry. I said, yes. But I said, if that thing is too important, very, very important, you come and say, mommy, please excuse me. I have something to say. And he got it since then. He corrected himself. Glory to God. Another prayer would have said, get out! <laughs> Glory to God. No, don't do that. Amen. Particularly, whatever you've not taught your children or trained them on, don't rebuke them on it. You see that? Never rebuke them on what you've not taught them on or trained them on. So when it's happening for the first time, it is training, it is teaching that they need, not rebuke. Hallelujah. Let me run. So let's go to the stage of transition. <laughs> the stage of transition. So the transition here means that your child is leaving, you know, 
dependency for independency. And this happens at late preteen, maybe from the age of 11 to about 16, thereabout. Amen. Some children get there earlier. The stage of transition. Your child is gradually going to leave being dependent on you to being independent. And there are some parents that make a mistake to raise children for themselves. They want the child to depend on them all their lives. No, don't do that. Amen. So, at this stage of transition, number one, be their friend. Is <laughs> the stage to befriend your children. Please, what did I say? Befriend them. If you want to really do well in parenting, befriend your children. Let them be able to confide in you. That's the aim. Let your children be able to confide in you. This is also the age to bring in more exposure to them, but guide them in the exposure. This is the age to start talking to them about deep things in sexual, you know, education. And you guide them through it. Don't start something that the friend will finish in school. The, vision, the version your child has had will be a wrong one. Incorrect one. Hallelujah. Now, train them. Training goes on. Counsel them. And this is the age to also allow them to start taking up responsibilities. Begin to challenge them. Build abilities in them. You know, build strength in them. I met a lady some years ago. She was 20... 23 or 24, I can't remember precisely, but she was not yet 25, but older than 21. So that age bracket. She had never been to the market before. I asked her, I said, what of your mom? She said, she's at home. She said, my mom is a workaholic. Ah, she doesn't allow anybody to do anything for her. She does everything herself. I said, that's failure of motherhood. I didn't tell her. But that's failure of motherhood. How will you raise a child, 21 year old, has never gone to the market before, cannot, cannot make indomie. Even a boy child cannot cook stew. Do you know the reason a number of guys get exposed to sexual sins early? Now they are in the university, you are not there. They are in the university at the age of 17, 18. They have to depend on Kemi or Dukwe or Chiamaka or Anita to cook something for them. They can't cook anything. Or better still, they go out to eat and one day they are broke and, you know, they have to depend on Chiamaka. And if Chiamaka does this back to back, there is a way your son will say thank you to him, isn't it? There's a likeness that that will bring, especially trust Chiamaka, whose mother has trained out to cook well. It gets to the soul. Don't you know that food is an entrance into the soul of a man? He gets to his soul. And the next thing, he wants to have sex with her. Save your son's future. Teach him. You know, one of my boys one day was, he just stood up and was saying, Mommy in the kitchen cooking rice. Daddy in. I said, what did you say? Uh, I said, the age for that song died many years ago. Yeah, come. Come into the kitchen. Which, which daddy which daddy is in the kitchen? So that's how you go and marry that beautiful young lady. And you not even be able to give a helping hand in the house because mommy must be in the kitchen. Amen. He come. He knows how to make stew. He knows how to cook rice. If I'm not at home, you are, you are no longer a baby. 
Make indomie for you and your brothers. Boy rice. Boy the little beans. Boy meat. Fry, fry, fry meat. Glory to God. Someone say amen to that. So this is the stage where you allow them to start taking up responsibilities. Don't shield them from responsibilities. Because you are training them for life and for destiny. You are not training them for yourself. They won't be in your house forever. Glory to God. This is, is, the, is the hedge to discipline your children for the reasons that they know. You must let them know the reason, but do not spare the rod at this age. Discipline them. Glory to God. Bring in the factor of discipline. Encourage them and let them know that you believe in them. This is very critical. This is the age where your child must know that you believe in them. A, you know, a child came to see me. I was telling me that daddy and mommy, they don't believe I can do anything right. They don't believe I can do anything good. If a child is talking that way, at the age of hate, what are you doing? Who is going to be their, their greatest fan? Permit me to use that word. Should be their parents. We believe in you. It doesn't matter if the child came home with a 60 in mathematics. The first thing is, you know what? I know you. I know your capacity. I believe in you. Don't worry. This thing, this is not you that I know. You are going to do better than this. So now, we have to change our strategy. You behave as though you are one with that mark he has gotten. And you will both want to work out a solution. Hallelujah. But when your son or your daughter begins to feel like you don't believe in him, it's an issue. Glory to God. You know, there was a time, was one of my sons that had to call my consciousness to this. He comes home with a result, and maybe he gets A's, and I'm like, why not A star? And, you know, I did that, and for that result, and all that. He left, and he came back. He said, Mommy, I want to talk to you. I said, what is it? He said, Mommy, there are children that got B, and their parents are celebrating them. And I got A. You said, why not A star? And I said, come, my beloved. You know it's because I know you. I know your capacity. I know the child I have given birth to. When I put in those signs, I say, hmm, hmm, it's true, it's true. I say, your capacity is the capacity of a star, son. Who told you I'm not proud of you? Who told you I'm not celebrating you? I'm so happy, but I want you to fulfill your potential. Hmm. So he got and so he said, you are happy. I said, ah. Who will not be happy? <laughs> so I quickly changed my... I am, and since then, I changed my strategy. But he said something to me that day that didn't leave me the same. Parents whose children got B are celebrating them. I brought A home. All you can say is, why not his star? So now, I first of all celebrate them. Let them know you believe in them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never talk your children down. Or... or, or, or Concentrate on their weaknesses. Don't talk about their weaknesses too much. When you see your child as a weakness, one of the things you can do, of course, depending on the child too, okay? But one of the things that work is that let the child see that you have become one with him to strengthen him in this weakness. You see that? You are not one with the weakness. You are one with your child to strengthen your child. Glory to God. Very, very key, very crucial. Now, let them have a personal relationship with God, please. Amen. Let them have a personal relationship 
be God. A lot of parents, you know, emphasize so much family altar, which is very good, very important. But don't let that rob you of the place of ensuring your son has a personal relationship with God. Amen. Intercede for your children. Pray for them. Let there be no day that you don't mention their names before God. Pray for them. Present their names before the altar of God every morning. Be their intercessor. Then the later phase of that second stage, the later phase, you need to now stop, you need to learn how to stop physical discipline with rods for instructional discipline. Very important. I heard of a parent who still beats a child 19 years old. The beating at that time doesn't have that kind of strong effect it would have had. Amen. Glory to God. Instructional discipline. Then the last stage is the stage of independence. At that stage, parents, you have become a counselor and an advisor. Don't try to control your children at that stage. Let them live life. They are sent to their generation. They are born to fulfill destiny. Guide them. Give them counsel. But don't enforce it on them. Don't control them. Hallelujah. Be their intercessor at that stage. Be there interceding for them. Learn to be a woman who can change things on her knees. Amen. Intercede for them. Encourage them. Encourage your children. Everybody needs encouragement. Sometimes life may be showing them as though, who are you? Asking them questions that are difficult to answer. All they need is an encouraging mother who can say to them, you can do this. I believe in you. Glory to God. At this stage, there is no more training, no more discipline, no more telling them what to do. You see that? Amen. Well, let me stop here. <laughs> I have just a lot and a lot and a lot to say. Glory to God. But please ensure that you are raising your children in the way of the Lord and in the way that they should go. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Never forget that. Did you hear something today? Now if you are here and you know that possibly you've done it wrongly, this is not, like I said, to condemn you. It's just the point to go on your knees and repent and say, Lord, I repent of parenting in a wrong way. Now, Lord, I yield myself to you. Help me to parent my children. Guide me, teach me. Show me the how. Show me the how. Depend on him. He is our ability to parent these children. You know, my concern is when Bible says in the way they should go. Ah, may I not fail God? I want you to cry out to him right now. For those of you that are going to yet have children, you, have not, you don't have a child as of yet, I want to congratulate you at the time you are hearing this message. Amen. Pray and say, Lord, help me. Show it to me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Oh, help me, Father. 
Show it to me. Show it to me. Thank you so much, Father. I give you praise. Oh, Vrabo Shante Gedosita Bahata Havrekeshtanamande Gedosiha. You know, there is someone right there. When your mom was raising you, your dad, you didn't like the way they were raising you. They raised you with wrong words, with curses, beating you anyhow. And you didn't like it. In fact, you didn't like them for it. But all of a sudden now, you find yourself doing the same thing with your own children. The Lord said, I should tell you to forgive your parents and let them go. The strength of you repeating their mistakes lies in the home forgiveness in your heart. Let them go. Forgive them. Forgive them. Let them go. And I want you to go on your news right now and call their names and say, I forgive you. Let them go. Release them from your heart. They didn't do it deliberately. They didn't know better. Thank God for God teaching us these days, opening our eyes. They didn't know better. They called you by names. They cursed you. They abused you. Oh, please forgive them. Let them go. Let them go. There is, I'm sure there are very few of us that can say, ah, my parents did it well 100%. No, at one point or another, they made their mistakes. Many made mega mistakes. Some made some minor mistakes. But we all have to forgive them. They didn't know better. If they knew better, they would have done it better. And right now, I want you to begin to ask God to help you to parent your children. Yield to God. Say, Lord, I yield to you. And there are some of you out there today, you need to make parenting deliberate. You've not been deliberate about parenting. Hallelujah. You've not been deliberate. It's your time to make parenting very deliberate. We hold it to God. We hold it to these children. Amen. Wow, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Our ability to parent correctly. Our strength to raise godly children. Our help. Our eternal guide. To do it. In the way of the Lord. Oh father. You know the Lord just said to me. There is someone there. You don't even understand your child. The Lord said I will give you. Light. I will give you. Entrance into understanding your child, said the Lord. Go right now, lift up your hands and worship him. Oh, give him praise, thank him. Is your ability to raise your children your ability? Is your ability? Is your ability? Oh, thank you. I want us to take this song right now. Safe. Father, I love you. I love to call God Father. I live my life before you. How I, Lord, I love you. Sing it, say, Father. Father, how I love you. I live my 
Sing the same, say Jesus. Jesus, Savior, I love you. I lay my life before you. How I, Lord, I precious spirit. Call him gently. Say, Spirit, Holy Spirit, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I live my life before oh, you. My help, my ability to parent my children. Ah, oh, ah. How I, how I love you. Lift up those hands and worship him. Call God your ability to parent your children. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you for the work you are doing in the hearts of all. Thank you for your eternal strength and divining outworkings of your spirit in this place. Thank you, Father. Let the power of God sweep over everyone on refined platform. And let the glory of God be revealed through you even in parenting. You will raise godly children in Jesus name. Amen. In your old age, you will have every reason to rejoice over your children in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Wow, I believe you've been blessed today. I'm going to send you assignments on the page. Please watch out for it. And remember, our vigil tomorrow is going to be powerful. Now, tomorrow, our vigil is one hour. Glory to God. And it is starting at exactly um, 11.30. Okay, starting by 12 midnight. 12 midnight to 1 a.m. Wow, we have entered into the more serious stages now. Glory to God. Remember your life will not remain the same as you give yourself wholeheartedly to this training. Always remember that I love you and I'm praying for you. God bless you. See you again next week. Bye-bye.